Welcome back to the 16th Street Scanner. I'm AJ. That's Tyler. Tyler, how are we doing? I'm doing good, AJ. You know, it's been a week. Yeah, I know we we were really trying to get on the ball and cover Long Beach quickly, but as uh, events were unfolding off the track, yeah, <laughs> I think we kind of decided, eh, let's take a step back and look at things here. Yeah. So I think that's you know that's a good thing to start up front. We're coming we're coming at you a week later than we would want to. Yeah, I mean, we're still new at this. We're figuring it out. Uh, we don't have like a set schedule yet. We've obviously been kind of releasing things on a somewhat random schedule. So I think it's good to, to take a little time, uh, put things in uh, into perspective a little bit. But yeah, so today it's Sunday, April 23rd. We're recording. We're going to talk a little bit about Long Beach, um, then get into the barber race this weekend, some of the news, the open test. Um, but yeah, anyways, I just want to get back into, into Long Beach real quick. Um, no, it's been a week, but uh, Kyle Kirkwood won first career win. Um, Brian Herda on the stand, which I know is something that you want to talk about, Tyler. Um, he yeah. moves up to fifth in points. Uh, like I said, first career win, but yeah, what did you think? So, like, Brian Herda seems like more of a savant than maybe people. <laughs> I mean, he's obviously well respected, they talk about it on the broadcast, mm-hmm. but it's uh. It is interesting that Brian Herta switches, you know, he switches drivers and then he still wins with them. Yeah. He's just, you know, he's like a minor league coach. He's really good. It seems like, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wonder if it says more about Brian Herta or Kyle Kirkwood and Colton Herta, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but who knows? I mean, I mean, I, you know, although I was one to kind of call the move into question. I mean, maybe Michael Andretti does actually know something about running yeah. an IndyCar team. You know, I would hope so. Like <laughs> 6500s and like five championships, but yeah. Do you think yeah. this is going to like kick off a run for Kyle Kirkwood or do you think this is going to be, you know, kind of flash in the pan? That's a good question. I don't think it's a flash in the pan. Brian Herta has, uh, I'm coming at this as a newbie and from what I've heard and read, mm-hmm. it seems like Brian Herta has sustained success with bringing people to the forefront of yeah. racing. Uh, so I think Ryan Hurd is kind of like it, the move makes more sense as I, as I see it unfold. And I think Kyle should be, he should be getting more podiums as we see throughout the season. Yeah. Well, I feel like is I'm, I'm not a dad. I'm not anywhere close to being a dad. Um, but I do feel like if you work with your 19 year old, 20 year old son, yeah, <laughs> I feel like any like 22 year old, Oh my god! Infinitely easier working with them than your son. So yeah, yeah maybe you're right. Maybe this is going to be his new thing. Maybe he'll just be the the young driver specialist. Anytime young hotshot comes in to Andretti Autosport, Brian Hurd is going to be the guy in the stand. I hope so. I think you need a guy there. And if I were Colton, uh, you know, God bless him. I don't know how he made it through these years of what. If my dad was in my ear about. You know, I'm an accountant. <laughs> if if he was in my ear all the time, like, oh, you got a debit there, you got a credit there, I'd be like, what are you? Get out of here, man! I'm doing my own thing. Um, <laughs> that's that's maybe, a very good point. Yeah, maybe Colton. Uh, it's beneficial for him too. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, Colton Herta has not won yet without. Uh, although I guess he won previously, back in the in the uh, Harding Steinbrenner days, which probably goes way over your head tyler which doesn't matter they were a team for like three years okay so yeah doesn't really matter too much i mean kyle kirkwood i don't know i i'm not sure if this is going to be you know if this is going to open the floodgates or not for him um but i mean his history says that it will um obviously he didn't have a great year his previous best finish was 10th 
before the win at Long Beach, um, which granted that was, you know, he was a rookie last year. So it's not like there's a big sample size to draw from. Yeah, but Armstrong took eighth, you know, Armstrong's oh, yeah. still a rookie, right? Yeah, uh, well, so he came over from F2 and that was only his second race because he, he didn't run it at, at Texas. Like, but um, it's a dramatic improvement uh, for Kirkwood. Yeah, yeah, for Kirkwood. Yeah, I mean, he I mean, AJ Foyt racing is not, you know, it's not Andretti Autosport as much as I would love to see Foyt, although not with Santino there. I'd love to be, I would love to see Benjamin <laughs> Peterson have a great year and I would love AJ Foyt racing to have a great year with with Benjamin Peterson. But um, yeah, I mean, it's not like he was, but he wrecked a lot, which you can't really put on the team last year, Kirkwood. So, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, he's like the only guy I think to win at every step on the ladder in the in the road to Indy, which is USF Pro. I can't remember what they call them now. They change the names every two years, but USF two thousand, um, USF Pro, whatever two thousand. Now I can't remember, but yeah, he's won USF yeah. two thousand Pro Mazda Indy Lights. He won the title in all three of those races or series um, in twenty eighteen in USF two thousand. He won 12 of the 14 races and didn't finish worse than fifth. So like he was beating everyone mm-hmm. constantly at, in his age group, which includes guys like Stingray Rob and Benjamin Pearson. And, you know, yeah, well, it's a good sign. I mean, who knows if it'll translate to, you know, racing at this level. Mm-hmm. I think if IndyCar is a good sport, if the talent is good here, then he should not uh succeed quickly mm-hmm. uh which uh, that's kind of proved out a little bit since he didn't it's his first one and he's been around for 12 not 12 sorry uh how many races now was it 19? Uh, i mean he yeah 20? he would have had probably 17 last year and then another three now this year so 20 races that's not too bad um yeah. i mean i think i mean the best comp i mean it's kind of an obvious one but it's probably colton herda in terms of or Pato. I mean, Pato too, but um, I mean, Colton Herta, he was kind of the the guy growing up. Everyone was kind of waiting for him. He was supposed to be really good, and he's kind of worked out, obviously, because he's kind of the top dog in Andretti now, although we'll see how long that lasts. People people keep saying this, and <laughs> like uh, even when I was just watching F1 and I wasn't watching IndyCar, people were like, oh, Colton is going to be the next guy. Mm-hmm. Uh and you know they had the whole uh the the license issue mm-hmm. um but i got to say as someone who's watched indycar uh i've been impressed at times but at the end of the day if he's not walking away with a uh with a podium or a win i it's hard for me to say like yeah that makes sense <laughs> you know yeah um i mean he is only 23 and he has seven wins and 11 podiums and nine poles. So like he's fast and like, think about, I mean, a lot of the comparisons are, you know, like Max Verstappen, yeah, like how those guys, Max? he's like, like 25 or something, something like that. Um, yeah. cause he started very young. That was kind of why they introduced the, yeah, he's 25. That's kind of why they introduced the whole, point system or changed it around for the super licenses because he got his at he when he was like 17 when he came into f1 and like mm-hmm. he had a lot of time i mean granted he was driving for red bull which is a top team but they weren't they weren't beating mercedes at that point so he got plenty of time to kind of develop um and obviously it's also panned out but like you know there was a while there where it was like him and daniel ricardo and they weren't really you know yeah no there wasn't a huge difference between the two. I have anything. I would say Danny was better. But I know. Yeah. For a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But th- that's, yeah, that's neither here nor there. We don't need to talk about Max Verstappen anymore. No, but yeah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like Colton is fast. That's the thing. Like is even when Max Verstappen wasn't winning races, like you could still tell he was fast. Mm-hmm. And Colton Herta. I mean, Andretti Autosport is a great team. Like, they're one of the best, but they're not Ganassi and they're not Penske. They're not. It's a different tier. You look at, like, teams that have won the 500 and the championship in the last 10 years, it's 
99% Penske and Ganassi. Okay. So like th- there's tier one and there's tier two and Andretti's on tier two. And the fact that he's won seven races in, you know, good sign three yeah. years. I mean, Will Powers won a championship. I don't know if he's won seven races in the last three years. I mean, he only won once last year, you know? So yeah. like Colton Herta is fast and he's young and he's hanging with guys like Alexander Rossi and Joseph Newgarden and Pato Award and Will Power and Scott Dixon. Like he's there with those guys. You can you can count on him to match their lap time if you really need to. Mm-hmm. And I mean, granted, he's 23, so he's going to make mis- mistakes like 2022 at Long Beach. is You saw as a lot of us remember, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, it's uh herd is someone to watch the herder, the herder, both of them, their relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something that I feel like we should keep an eye on throughout the season. Yeah. Um, I will. I will say we should cover Talon Milot's death threats. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, anytime that your sport needs to tweet out or put on their social media, hey, don't be a jerk. <laughs> um, yeah, that is not a good sign. Yeah. Um, I don't. But, did you see how that all developed? I didn't really see a whole lot about how like all I didn't see any of the tweets at him. I just saw the reaction, basically. I, I thought it was like direct messages um, or something like that. Oh, OK. Uh, but I didn't see. I don't know why you have a reason to be mad at Cal my lot. <laughs> well, uh, I think it was a lot of the from what I've absorbed through uh, just seeing people talking about it. It's because he put they like the team sent him out ahead when Canapino stayed out at that yellow for Dixon going into the tires. Mm-hmm. And they sent Canapino was leading at the at the restart and they sent Ilot out and he ended up right in front of Canapino and slowed him up. And Canapino got passed and then I think ran into Elio and bent a toe link and was out of the race. I think is why everyone was mad from what I gather. Either way, that's strategy that's like you know that's yeah. not his fault yeah um no the, the team pulled him in called him in sent him out like yeah. whatever yeah um, but yeah i don't know why everyone like i don't know who these canapino fans are but <laughs> yeah where is this contingent of canapino <laughs> i mean fans? i don't know if it's like all argentinian people you you want to know something i barely know who canapino is uh, well yeah i mean they, i mean they've hardly <laughs> talked about him until yeah. <laughs> until then but yeah, he's um I don't know. It's kind of weird situation, especially being teammates too. I feel like that's probably not no best the best thing for uh team chemistry. No, but it was you know, it's good. I think the community kind of rallied around and was like, Yeah, let's shut these people out of this uh talk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's okay to be upset about stuff like that, yeah. especially from like a team perspective. Yeah. But you know it's uh these guys are already risking their lives anyway you don't need to hear about it later (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it is i can't imagine being that angry like i've never been that angry about anything where i've (laughs) like let alone a stranger a complete stranger that like brings me something that i enjoy every yeah i can't imagine yeah um uh so the other news going around was uh any 500 open test uh, oh yeah what was it this past weekend yeah uh, so it was, it was supposed to be thursday and friday it ended up only being thursday because it got rained out on friday what what is the open test i don't know what that is so every year before the 500 they have an open test where you know teams can just show up and it's essentially just two days of practice okay is what it is um and it's a shot because you do have teams like you know dryer and reinbold and then there's some one-off teams like ray hall letterman is running an extra car for Catherine leg this year um you get some people that aren't, you know, on track every week. So it gives them a chance to get, you know, get out on track, get some data um, for the drivers, just some seat time. They do, um, they call it rookie orientation where they have to run a certain amount of laps at certain speeds. And then they gradually move up. And then for some of the veterans, they call it the refresher test. They have to do that. Um, kind of a similar program. Um so it's just a chance for, you know, everyone to get out and get some track time. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, 
I'm local in Indianapolis, so I was able to run over there after work because they extended it to 6.30 on Thursday uh, nice. because the, the forecast was looking so bad for Friday. Supposed to rain all day, and it did rain all day, and they ended up canceling Friday. But um, yeah, I went out. You can, on the test days, you just uh, go park in by the museum. It's totally free. You can go sit on the spectator mounds and just watch practice. Um it was great. There's a huge crowd. I was excited to see that. I drove down a time or two in college and not nearly that amount of people there. Granted, the weather wasn't as nice. It was beautiful. It was 80 and sunny. There was a, it was a lot of, a lot of wind, very windy, which I think made it tricky on track, but because a lot of the teams weren't expecting to get on track on Friday, they were trying to run as much as they could. And yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- I saw everyone on track at least once um except for colton herda and canapino <laughs> those are the only two cars i didn't see and i was only there an hour and a half yeah, that's um, pretty good so i didn't hear anything about why herda wasn't out running at that point i don't know if he was they had some car trouble or what but um yeah it was it was good i mean big packs running and it was almost like a full-on practice day for the 500 so yeah, so they all run together and they're just mm-hmm. trying to get a feel and yeah. trying to meet those certain qualifications so that they can actually race. Yeah, so so um do they do this multiple times like throughout the well, calendar year? No, so it's it's just for the 500 really. I mean, I they do it before Texas, I think for the rookies. They have some of them go test there beforehand just because it's you know the first time they're running at 220 miles an hour yeah um and for some of them like canapino this year was his first time ever on an oval so that's kind of a big deal um but yeah this is the only one where they they run like the rookie orientation program and stuff um but they they once they get through it they're good for the month of may um and they that it essentially lets them practice and try to qualify for the race. And there's going to be a 34th entry this year, Able Motorsports. They're an Indy Lights team. They're going to be running with RC Enerson, who um, has run in a couple IndyCar races, I think for Dale Coyne a few years back. Um, ran in, in Indy Lights. Um, was decent, not, not, you know, not great. And then he tried to qualify a couple years ago with this kind of mom and pop team called Top Gun Racing. Um, and they didn't qualify. But, um, uh, yeah, he wasn't at the open test, actually. He'll have to do his rookie orientation program when practice opens for, for the 500 next month. Um, hmm. but it's interesting yeah. how all this comes together, uh, because as an outsider, it's like, uh, you figure like, yeah, they just show up and like, you know, do the mm-hmm. thing like the normal weekend. Yeah. But obviously Indy 500 is different yeah Um, well yeah and like i said there's teams that don't run any other races all year so like this is the only chance they get to get out on track so yeah which still it's kind of cool to me but it also like boggles my mind as to how they fit into the season um they don't really yeah like (laughs) they they don't matter for the rest of the season they're just running the 500 to run the 500 Um, yeah it seems kind of old school i like it yeah i mean back in the day like you would get 80 cars entered like in the fifties and sixties and seventies and they can't do anything to benefit their season, but they can ruin someone else's. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, 95 Penske didn't make the race. They they dominated 94 and then didn't make the race in 95. So, and like they were, I think Al jr. Won the championship in 94. I can't totally remember, but Alan's jr. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a total wild card, which um, I'm glad they made it. No, there, there. It's just regular points this year. It used to be double points for the 500, so it was like it had a big impact on the championship. Even if like you were and in it was... a season long race, but you didn't <laughs> didn't make the 500, you were totally screwed. So, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Although, like having the uh, random factor in there, mm-hmm. like anything can happen. Plus, mm-hmm. it's like really important. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of fun, yeah. uh, but that's like a chaotic nature. Yeah. So, but yeah, you, you, uh, you tweeted out that video of Marcus Armstrong watching uh-huh. and he, uh, watching it and he's just kind of stunned. He seemed like, uh, maybe he's playing into the camera a little bit, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if he, how he handles that. I don't know. He seems genuinely interested in trying it. And 
I saw someone say that they need to make that video a commercial, and I'm 100% behind it. And that's going to be you, Tyler. Although, granted, we're not going to be able to get right up to the fence like that. Yeah. But when you come for poll day, that's that's going to be you. You're going to be I'll, amazed at how I'll change my. Going. I'll bring a second change of underwear. You know, just <laughs> in not case. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. <laughs> well, if it's as hot as it was uh, last year for the Gallagher Grand Prix, I'll uh, at least need a change of shirt. <laughs> Well, let's hope not. <laughs> the, they're, well, the thing about poll day is like it's early enough in the month that sometimes it's freezing. I guess cool now it's that. not used to be like Mother's Day weekend. Um, now it's a weekend later, but it, there were times like remember one time we went with my family and we went to walk around the infield. And we left. We brought blankets in. We left them sitting just on our seat, you know, with their cooler or whatever. And we left and we came back and the blanket was gone. Like, oh someone, no, someone stole the blanket. And then the guy, like two rows in front of us, is like, oh no, is this your guys? Like, I just used it. I was cold. <laughs> I handed it back to us. So yeah, there's some times where it's pretty cold. And then uh, last year it was well, it was what is he gonna last year? What is he gonna do? Like, that's a total curb your enthusiasm moment when like if you guys saw him with the same blanket, it, like it was a very uh, distinct, it was like a knit Notre Dame blanket with like <laughs> a player silhouette and like Notre Dame Stadium on yeah. it. It was like a very specific blanket that you would not. What you what know. is that dude thinking? Come on. I um, mean, he was like an old guy. He was probably like, oh, they won't mind. They're not here. <laughs> and he's going to put it back when he left. But I don't know. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it can get cold. So yeah, hopefully let's, and cold's better for. uh for times not too cold but um cooler i'll say cooler is better for quicker lap times that makes sense to me um so uh do you want to get back into our long beach recap i know we touched on kirkwood winning really uh, yeah yeah we should um, yeah just wrap it up um there's some good stuff that happened yeah i mean marcus erickson um another good good weekend for him uh finished third um I think he's the real deal. I don't know what what your opinion on him is. I think he feels. Uh, it seems like he's really confident, mm-hmm. especially like I don't know. Uh, when I I used to watch horse racing a lot, right uh, mm-hmm. in high school, I'd go to the track, uh, and I would always watch. Uh, I would watch how the horses reacted before the race and I would watch how the jockeys handled them. Mm-hmm. And every time I watch Marcus Erickson take a post-race interview, he's got this poise and confidence that leads me to think that he is like, he's no BS and he's just here, like really positive too. I, and I think that goes a long way and I think it translates to what he uh, does on the track. Is Is that like a Swedish thing though? Like, I feel like <laughs> maybe it is. I feel like Scandinavians in general are very like practical and not to get like weird about it, but, you know, <laughs> very stoic, very, you know, calm and centered. And, and I hate whatever it's whatever it is, it's working. I mean, we've already talked about how there is a decent like Scandinavian impact on racing and yeah. maybe they just got the uh, the guts headspace to handle it <laughs> yeah marcus certainly seems like he does uh yeah seriously uh, he he seemed i think he's probably as close to the real deal as he can get but there's yeah. going to be other guys in there that get in his way like kyle kirkwood or colton yeah Herta. yeah uh well, i it's just interesting though not that i haven't really thought about this before but i mean he's been in indycar for five years now is that pre drive to survive was he in the first season of drive to survive uh you know it's been a minute since i watched the first season but i i definitely knew about him before i watched indycar so that leads me to think that he was well i know he was still doing like his his reserve driver stuff i don't know if it was into his second year in indycar but he was still kind of tangentially involved Hmm. um but yeah he didn't have because he was like with he was teammates with charles leclerc charles um at Sauber, at Alpha Romeo. I'm going to call him Charles. I always, I Charles, still call him Charles. I'm a Charles big Leclerc. I'm a fan. I'm a Ferrari fan, kinda. I guess. I mean, when I watch, I'm a Ferrari fan. Uh-huh. I'm still going to call him Charles Leclerc. Uh, <laughs> he's lucky that he gets that silent C at the end. Um, yeah. 
Bill Carlos. It's um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I, it seemed like because he didn't, he wasn't great in F one. Granted, he wasn't in the best situations. I mean, no one in an alpha the past five years has been like setting the world on fire. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like he kind of had amongst f1 fans he didn't have the greatest reputation and for him to come over and do well in indycar granted it's five years later um yeah i just see him getting trashed on the internet a lot i guess is from formula one fans oh yeah i mean has he made i you know maybe i'll pay more attention uh uh, if he's making moves that are jerk like if he's dive bombing people Mm -hmm. and stuff i think i would have noticed that more um he seems he seems like a clean guy. Yeah, I so. yeah I think the thing is that he's not like a particularly exciting racer. Like you don't see him making big, like ballsy moves. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not bullying people on the track. Like yeah, you see Joseph Newgarden do. Not that you've seen that really yet this year, but I've seen yeah. Romain Grosjean do it. <laughs> well, but he does it in like a douchey way. Yeah, <laughs> there's a difference. Like I I can't totally explain it, but like. And maybe it's because I I like Joseph Newgarden. I'm not like a I'm not a big fan by any means, but I was kind of like rooted for him because he drove for Sarah Fisher, who's like an old school IRL driver, and mm-hmm. he got her start with her. And then he drove Fred Carpenter for a couple years, and um, I just always liked him. He seems like a cool guy, so maybe that's kind of tainting my view of him. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, when he does it, it's cool. But like <laughs> when Grosjean does it, it's like because he's out of his mind. Yeah, I feel like that guy has no control. Um, but I totally agree. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I think you know Erickson had a good race last week. I think he's poised to have a good race uh, next week at um, Barber. Is mm-hmm. that is, that's what you're calling it? I'm gonna call it yeah. Bama. Um, <laughs> Beham. Beham. Um, we can get into that a little bit later. We still got yeah. a little bit more to touch because, yeah. you know, I, we talked, uh, in the preview about how this Long Beach has Mario Kart vibes. I thought mm-hmm. it was still there for me mm-hmm. mostly, you know, um, I think the fountain does a lot <laughs> for that. <laughs> Great aesthetics. It's, it is good. I love it. Like, no, whoever... unfortunately no one went into the fountain this year, but no, next year, someone should jump the fountain somehow. Uh, if we want to go full on Mario Kart, I know in the preview show you mentioned going opening up the other side. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should have both sides and a jump. That I mean, be... they had the hill. They had the hill. So they need to bring that back. They need to bring that back. Yeah, I. Why not, man? Uh, it's cool as hell. It is. They need to um, lean in. They need to lean in. Although I did see, I don't know if you saw this or not. Apparently, there's a stake of the race up for sale, like on the promoter side. So. Who knows? I mean, F one might try and swoop in. It was a couple years back they were debating on a what a scoring like uh the uh, license to drive there, um, like the ownership of the race itself, kind of. Okay, so like the the company or whoever is putting that on, they're seeking other people to race there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so it's um Kevin Kalkoven who passed, I think, last year. Um was a part owner of the race. Um and yeah, so when he died, now part of the race is up for sale. Um part it's, of the ownership of like I don't know if it's like shares or what, but that's really weird to think about and pretty interesting because I think this would be a prime target for F1 considering its location to LA mm-hmm. uh do you want to add a uh what what would that be a fourth North American race they probably want to um and like Long Beach already has that like it was a record attendance I think or like most since the champ car IndyCar merger in 2008 or something I can't remember the exact numbers but if like if it's F1... always had good attendance for sure if F1 races there, does IndyCar lose out? They no chance they can race there. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure F1 wouldn't let IndyCar show up, and I don't think IndyCar would want to. I don't think it IndyCar would. Not even on the same weekend, like a, just different like 
what if they hit it in the like fall or whatever um i don't know if like the city would want to do that you know i mean granted so the the city explored it a few years ago because f1 apparently has tried to buy mm -hmm. the race um nascar i honestly think is more likely to like swoop in and take it over because that would definitely be a little more reasonable in terms of like promoter fees you know mm -hmm. um but the city basically said like we can't pay for to have formula one come in because they'd have to build like a permanent paddock and you know like all the stuff they're doing in vegas essentially that's costing you know a couple of hundred millions of dollars you know so and now with vegas i mean how far is the flight from la to vegas like an hour and a half i don't know it's Probably. not that far. yeah you it's can drive it you know mm -hmm. so I don't know now that they're in Vegas if it would be worth it for them, but yeah. Anyway, we don't have to talk about well, that. I hope that doesn't happen because uh, IndyCar needs everything it can get. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, it, um, like Long Beach is kind of they kind of beat it into the ground a little bit during the broadcast. I don't know if you know. Oh yeah, or not but no. like is the second most important race behind the five hundred, and I mean it's definitely like one of the crown jewels, so to speak, but. Yeah, I didn't think it was uh I mean I haven't seen a full season of IndyCar yet, so I, I can't really talk. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't seem like it was a really like uh important race for whatever reason, other than that you get your face in bronze. I mean that's cool. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean it's like it pays the same points. I'm sure the purse isn't much different from any other race. I'm sure it's not much different from Barber this weekend. So I think it's just like historically. Because, you know, all the, you know, Mario Andretti, Michael Andretti, Alonzer Jr. And, you know. Yeah. Uh, some some comments on the race itself. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I think it's it is almost comical to me when IndyCar has to get a crew out there to restart a car. Um, <laughs> because it just seems like at, at this point in technology, uh, I know, I know there's probably a reason they're not doing it until 2026. They're putting the starter in, mm -hmm. but it, it's weird watching them go out there and not even like really throw out a caution. And then the truck and the guys just get out there and start it up and someone starts off again. Yeah. I don't, it's, it's about time. <laughs> like it should have happened a while ago to get onboard starters. I mean, I do like the aspect of it. Like you need to be able to keep the car running if you, you know, if you run off and, you know, put yourself in a bad situation, you like it does, you don't, you can't bail, bail yourself out. You yeah, know what I mean? It makes an impact. Yeah. Which I, I like that aspect of it, but they do need to throw like a full course yellow if there's going to be <laughs> track workers out on the live yeah. circuit <laughs> in like the hardest breaking zone. <laughs> It just seemed a little weird to me when I saw it. I was like, this seems. Well, uh, and then with that, did you see how Rossi ended his race ended? Like I didn't second to it. last lap. He had a suspension issue going into turn nine and like couldn't break and ran into the into the tires in the runoff. And like mm -hmm. that could happen right there in turn yeah. one. Same yeah. thing. Uh, and speaking of the tires, uh, the tire barriers, I feel like they are um, massive uh they are <laughs> like what are they two three tires wide i think they're um, like at least two deep yeah that's yeah same thing as what i'm trying to say uh like it just seems like if they weren't that big people could be making these more competitive moves more competitive overtakes um and it's something i don't really see in other uh like i, I don't see it in f1 as much i guess <laughs> i see it from time to time but they're never like they're never on like a corner like that. Uh, yeah. Um, I think that's just like the most economical, <laughs> you know, I think that's the primary motivation and at a street circuit, they're not going fast enough to, to for it to like matter that it's just, they're just running into a bunch of old tires, <laughs> you know? So I don't know. It's, I think it's kind of a necessary we're on that IndyCar budget. Um, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> I can buy that. 
Yeah. Uh, so that I mean, those are my really only two two gripes I would say with this race. I had a great time watching it. Um, I will admit that I was very tired while watching it the first time through, mm-hmm. uh, and had to rewatch. Uh, and uh, it, you know, I think it had good good rewatch value. It was. I, it was I thought it was a good race. I enjoyed yeah. it. I it wasn't you know coming after Texas. I think it probably seemed worse than it actually was. Or not necessarily worse, but like less entertaining. Yeah. But it was yeah. a good strategy race, you know? I mean, you did have Joseph Newgarden kind of tanked his day by making a bad strategy call. And that I think that was like half the passes on track was <laughs> Newgarden falling like a rock. Yeah, it was a record, record uh, overtakes, right? 253. Was it? I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah, I think it, at least a record for Long Beach. Maybe a record for all road races in Indy. No, that can't but, be for all road races. But for yeah. Long Beach, I believe that. Yeah. I mean, good signs, man. Good signs for the sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like uh, when you change the rules in a sport and you're trying to make sure that it's going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's one I do want to get out to at some point in person because... I saw it was like overall weekend attendance was like 180,000, which is like half of the 500, you know? Yeah. It was a pretty big deal. Um, I, I've only been to Long Beach a couple of times. My buddy's brother has a brewery out there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I can't even remember the name of it, even though I have a hat right now. <laughs> but uh, it's... Shout Long out Beach. unnamed brewery. <laughs> Shout out unnamed brewery in a strip mall. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it is... I I did like what I saw at Long Beach, you know? Mm-hmm. It was like a good town. It's better than Anaheim. I will tell you that. <laughs> and so just to clarify, you weren't there for the race, right? You no, I was there for, a, yeah, I was okay. there. I was in Anaheim for a Star Wars convention and I happened to go to Long Beach for a day. Gotcha. So, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll have to get out there sometime because it looks yeah, like man. it'd be a lot of fun. They used to do a celebrity race. I don't know if we talked about that before, but they they would have like it used to be sponsored by Toyota and they'd all be out there in Camrys. It was like a pro am. So they'd have like retired drivers and then celebrities. And the celebrities got to start first and then the the pros would start after. And um, you know Carlton from Fresh Print? Yeah. Of yeah I think he would do very well, actually. I think he was yeah. kind of I love that. I mean, like, I think he <laughs> I think you need more of that. Even uh, Frankie Muniz is leading a uh, what what is it Arca? Arca, it right? yeah, yeah. And I just got a photo with Frankie last year. Uh, and That's at the right. time, time I was like, "This is you know, this is Frankie, the best uh, olive oil producer in the world." <laughs> uh, no, no, obviously from Malcolm in the Middle, but well, he's also the hottest young driver, young driver. Yeah, I couldn't in be NASCAR, so. Couldn't be happier for him. Uh, and maybe he'll switch to any car at some point. So that would be great. I would love to see Frankie Muniz run the 500. Holy crap. Can you imagine, dude? Screw <laughs> Kyle Larson. Let's get Frankie Muniz. Yeah. That would be hilarious. Maybe <laughs> Brian Cranston would show up. That would be, yeah. It'd be a lot of fun. I feel like he would be cool with Letterman, you know? Um, oh, yeah. Like those guys probably have, they probably cross paths. Um, that's a, that's a very good point. All right. We need to get, <laughs> I need to flex my ball state muscles and get Dave Letterman to talk to, to, to get a uh, Frankie Muniz in the 500 next year. Frankie Muniz on a Letterman uh, car. Yeah. That'd be. There was, there was a it does, why, late night why, with David Letterman car when you're actually, why like, are we talking about this right now? Why are they not doing it? Um, I don't know. This seems like a genius marketing move for all parties involved. So yeah. Well, feel free to take it and run with that, uh, Dave. We know we know you're listening. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make some calls. All right. I'm gonna call up the alumni office. See <laughs> if uh, see if I have any sway, any any influence. Give me uh, David Letterman's personal line. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. Don't to David Letterman's credit. He did donate a lot of money for a very nice building. Although I there's a lot of splashback on the urinals. That's my one complaint about his <laughs> building. They were like the, the waterless, you know. Well, when you talk to him, make sure you mention that. I will. I will. If I ever hey, meet him, that's gonna be the first thing I say to him. You know that building you paid for? Urinals suck. <laughs> it is a it is a very nice building. And I think they were like thinking they were going with something 
nice and it turned out to not be totally you know i don't want to go on a urinal rant here but i i can't remember where i was uh but i was somewhere and they had those urinals the kind that oh you know what it was the socks game mm-hmm. i got so- scout seats for the first time in a while yeah ever in my life <laughs> and they had these urinals <laughs> that like come out you know they like probably come out like two feet um really and, yeah and they filled with water all the way up so it was like you're just getting everywhere that's really <laughs> weird it was super weird i was like i preferred the normal regular plebeian uh urinals <laughs> i forgot you're not a trough guy you're gonna no way uh, you the, see that that's you're gonna you didn't love it at the five or at the gallagher grand prix you're gonna have a hard time at the I'm a trough guy all the way. I they sold the t-shirts. They told they 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 sold t-shirts with the trough. I, I will hit the stall over the trough at any point, um, unless there's a lot of people hitting those stalls because you know yeah. that's ground zero. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We yeah. We'll move on. Yeah, we'll move on. Uh, <laughs> a little <laughs> side note there. But I am a trough guy for the record. I'm all about the troughs. I'm definitely not. Uh, so you ought to get into our uh, bar. You think they got troughs at Barber? I don't know. Do That's a... down there. Uh, I would guess probably not. It seems like kind of a classier place, which yeah. I, you put down on the notes. Um, Augusta of IndyCar, like the yeah. Augusta National. Um, they, that's what they called it on. Uh, I watched the rewatch. I watched the replay on Peacock. Mm-hmm. Um, and they started off with that beautiful landscape shots. Mm-hmm. looks like an awesome place to be honest uh in terms of scenery uh, it does i i work for a company based in birmingham which barber is right outside birmingham it's in leeds alabama um and i've heard good things they also have the museum there which I, it's mainly motorcycles but um yeah it seems like a very very high-end facility which i i also want to get down there for this race at some point too and it seems like they always have a good crowd i checked checked on tickets and it looked like parking was like almost sold out so nice. that's a good sign yeah i don't know about so tickets but why did why do they call it barber uh so it is i let me pull up my uh my handy dandy uh wikipedia page there you go we got a blues clues reference <laughs> that's how you know there's a couple millennials <laughs> up behind the mic here um yeah so it was built by george barber who is to quote wikipedia an american businessman real estate developer and philanthropist from alabama um and his dad started started barber dairies in the 1930s and it was the largest dairy company in alabama um and he promoted the use of pasteurized milk in the united states so we can thank george barber's dad Hey, kudos to him. Yeah. There's a whole history behind pasteurized milk. I encourage everyone to educate themselves on that because it was very, very interesting. But well, you and George Barber would get along great then. Um, yeah, we totally would. It was a yeah. whole movement back in the 1800s. So yeah. <laughs> I do you remember when they legalized unpasteurized milk in West Virginia? No. <laughs> so they legalized unpasteurized milk and then a bunch of uh lawmakers decided to celebrate by drinking on pasteurized milk and they all got sick anyway that makes sense that makes sense yeah <laughs> um but yeah so he built this track um outside uh outside birmingham um and opened this museum also for motorcycles um and i've heard it's a great um like i said it's uh it opened in 2003 it hosted its first IndyCar race in 2010 and they've had it every year since um it's kind of been a staple on the schedule. There's been a lot of turnover the last 10, 15 years or so. Um, and it's it's honestly one of my favorites. It doesn't seem like it'd be a track that would set up well for IndyCar, but it always does. Well, when I think of Alabama, and this is coming from a northerner, <laughs> so feel free to shoot shoot us an email and just tell me off. But uh, when I think of Alabama, I don't think of what I saw uh, <laughs> at Barber. It was like, it was so nice uh mm-hmm. it looked like a very well-kept place the museum i haven't really looked into that at all mm-hmm. uh but you know i i do appreciate uh motorcycles i'm not i don't i don't drive motorcycles but uh at one point in my life i owned five of them story for a different time <laughs> but 
Um, I don't think it's entirely motorcycles, by the way. I do think there's some cars and just general racing memorabilia there too, but I think the the focus is generally motorcycles. But yeah, it's really yeah. cool. You can see it during the like you'll during the broadcast, you can see it, and there's the bridge that sticks out from the museum over the track. Um, but yeah, it looks like a really cool place. It looks like there's some good sight lines in terms of you know, um. To borrow from Augusta National, uh, patrons for mm-hmm. patrons, um, some good sight lines. You know, it's all kind of it winds around. It's pretty central. It seems like you can, if you can get to a good high vantage point, you could probably see a lot of the track. I would guess. Um, but yeah, there's a couple good passing zones. Um, there was a, uh, can't remember what year that was. It maybe it was like twenty. 14 no 2016 um simon pagino and graham ray hall had like a great great battle in the the end towards the end of the race um i would highly encourage you and anyone listening to go back and watch highlights from that because that was kind of like the 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 uh in at least recent memory kind of the top race there the the most exciting this is what that can bring i won't uh, when I watched the recap, uh, they were talking to Erickson about, you know, how he can win, uh, $500,000 and give $500,000 to a charity. Mm-hmm. Obviously this is for, uh, this race, I think benefits children's miracle network hospitals, right? Um, well it's, it's, um, or is it put on by them? Or... So that is a different, um, different beast. Yeah. So, so it's called the people ready force for good challenge um and it's basically if you win on all three types of tracks you win five hundred thousand dollars for yourself and the team and then five hundred thousand dollars for charity and so the three different tracks are yeah because i know road and i know oh yeah so it's road course which is like barber which they're like natural terrain or whatever um or like essentially dedicated racing circuit so like also Uh, okay the grand prix it Indianapolis would also count road America, um, mid Ohio, like those places, Portland, Laguna Seca. Those are road courses. Then you have street circuits, which is St. Pete, um, long beach, Detroit. Um, there's one more. Oh, Nashville. Yeah. Chicago. Oh, Toronto, Toronto. Eventually. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see if that know. one happens. But Chicago NASCAR race seems like it's going nowhere. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, then Oval, which is 500 Texas, Iowa, um, and Gateway. Um, interesting. So, so yeah, if you win on all three types of tracks, they they give you the money. And last year was the first year for it, and Joseph Newgarden actually did it. <laughs> so they put up a million bucks and probably thought they were good and. <laughs> immediately got bit by it but i mean it went to charity so good for them yeah it's like uh uh it's like in uh what's what's that uh will ferrell movie with he where he owns the basketball team in flint oh uh, flint tropics yeah or yeah. Uh, uh i don't know i can't think of the name of that uh, i can't remember either but the guy he's like has a ten thousand dollar giveaway and the guy hits it and he's like trying to the like half of the movie he's like <laughs> yeah checking in with him like uh we'll we'll figure it out <laughs> <laughs> semi pro that's semi pro yeah. semi pro yeah. I'm embarrassed that I couldn't think of that right away that's all right I couldn't either um yeah I you know I thought that was a really cool aspect to this race um uh-huh. well it's not just this race it's like the entire season oh really yeah, yeah. okay so he just had the opportunity to do it here last year no i don't think even he had the effort they must have just asked him about it because i think he did um because they said to him yeah you like you can do it <laughs> uh he's like oh people keep reminding me that well, i don't think he'd even won a race at that point yet last year had he erickson or New yeah Garden? yeah no i mean wait who'd they to ask about it either erickson or Newgarden. i can't remember they both kind of blend together uh <laughs> Um, facially I mean, for me i think I it was guess J- joseph newgarden because he won at texas and long beach last year yeah so, so it would have been him yeah because yeah i was gonna say erickson only won the 500 last year that was the only race he won so all right well there you go um <laughs> <laughs> still learning here so yeah 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 um 
other things that I thought were fun, you know, Tim Tebow came out for the uh, the uh, start your engines and he was very excited. I hope they can match that with someone this year. Uh, Did he get booed? I don't think so. Um, that's kind of shocking because that's an Alabama and he's a Florida guy. So that would be. Yeah, it wouldn't be like surprising, but you controversial. Tim Tebow is a pretty likable guy these days. Uh, yeah. You know, Bama fans. I, yeah, that's true. They're a passionate bunch, to put it politely. <laughs> um, Callum Eilat spun out. He was in the top 10. That was kind of sad. Yeah. Um, And then other highlights, you know, Grosjean hit Ray Hall. Uh, definitely on purpose. That times. was kind of the start last year. There was a whole... Everyone was kind of at Grosjean's throat over the course of the year. He had a couple run-ins, which is, has continued... <laughs> into this year but this this was kind of the start um yeah yeah i don't think he has the best reputation in, in the if you if you go back and watch that race uh, or the highlights or anything i'm sure it's there it was pretty funny like i've never seen a race i've never seen a driver do that yeah. uh where it's just like you bump them and then you literally bump them on the exit <laughs> of the apex <laughs> again yeah. um turn right into him yeah yeah, we yeah we don't we've kind of beat that worse for the last couple Grosjean, last couple yeah. shows yeah which I, I mean feel keep, free to continue to beat it I will keep beating the Grosjean horse because the dude is being a jerk and yeah. it's not like I'm just gonna turn the other cheek you know if the guy's gonna keep doing it he's I'm gonna actually I think people should keep calling him out on it absolutely um, yeah I mean I don't I don't like him I'm not gonna be shy about that um. He does race kind of dirty, and I think I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, he's good. I mean, he's not great, but he's good. Finished second last week in Long Beach, by the way. I know For those who are now tuning in <laughs> and haven't found out a week later. But yeah, yeah. So he's doing good. Maybe he'll be in a position to screw someone else over this race. Um. Yeah. Well. <laughs> We'll see. I would not be surprised. I mean, I, like, good for him for being in the mix and being competitive. Um, given that he was kind of competitive last year, um, I would not be surprised to see him up there again. But I don't. I don't know if he has what it takes to be like a top driver in the series. I don't think so. Um, he's just too risky. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I think uh, last year Pato took first here. Mm-hmm. Well, took second. Rina's VK took third. And I had to look up Rina's VK because I honestly haven't heard him <laughs> this year. I mean, I've every race, I know him from races from last year, but this year, whew, I think that guy's just sitting in the back hanging out. Yeah. He, I mean, Ed Carpenter Racing in general has not had a great start to the year. Um, Connor Daly has struggled also. Um, I don't know what happened to him at Long Beach. He was. For a while, he was kind of one of the biggest movers. And then I don't know if something broke or, you know, he got hit or what. But he, uh, yeah, he was at the back of the pack. Um, yeah, Varinas is in 22nd in the points um, with 33 points. And so is Connor. Connor Daly's in 23rd with 33 points also. Um, which yeah, I mean, is, there's four full-timers behind him, which is not good. No. Um, Does, uh... It's possible though that these guys just have like what is it is it more like you know we hit we have one race and this guy blows it out of the water like the per, like random people win does that happen in IndyCar? Um or I mean I wouldn't say it's guys... like totally I mean every once in a while there'll be a totally random like <laughs> Google Carlos Huertas sometime <laughs> just google it <laughs> Because I don't even know if there's anything out there. Um, He like randomly won a race in like 2015 at a race that doesn't even exist anymore. Um, (laughs) And it was basically because it rained at the right time. Like it was a good strategy call. Um, So every once in a while there is a totally random winner, but it's got to be extreme circumstances for it to happen. Yeah. you don't often luck into a win in IndyCar. And I mean, there's plenty of drivers who've, who are really good. I mean, look at Roman Grosjean that, you know, have been competitive and can't get it done. 
And then you have guys like Alexander Rossi who are good and have gotten it done and then go on like 50 race winless streaks. So, you know, it's a cruel mistress. It is. Yeah. Um, So I, you know, Pato, Pato's been hot this year, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you should look for him to be hot again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of predictions, my, uh, my actual predictions here. Mm-hmm. I got Callum Milad on the podium. Okay. Which I think that's kind of a riskier call for me. It is. Well, and um, they, he had a rough weekend, obviously, at Long Beach and then did not improve by with the death threats. And then <laughs> it got worse at the test because his car was a handful, apparently. And then he ran into Renus VK actually on pit road. <laughs> so, Fantastic. Yeah. Right. He's but had I'm, a great two weeks. You know, I got to explain this, though, because mm-hmm. there's when I'm looking at baseball, when I'm looking at other sports, there's always a good story. Mm-hmm. And I think Cal Milot's story is just beginning mm-hmm. and he's got to overcome and show, hey, I'm, you know, I finished top 10 before. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get on that podium. Uh, and I think hopefully eventually in his career, he drinks some milk. I, so. I would not be surprised. I think he's really good. I don't think he's going to last too long at Uncos Hollinger. Um, I think he'll get picked up um, depending on how things shake out with like another driver, for example, that's, you know, hasn't quite produced the way he should Felix Rosenquist. Um, Mm -hmm. How that all shakes out. If someone gets poached, just like from Ganassi, Pelot's probably going to McLaren. Um, So, yeah, I think, I think you've got, you're onto something there. And I just want to see while he's with Hunkos Hollinger, I want to see him do well because we talked about that mm. last episode. They nearly brought me to tears <laughs> with a three minute video on their website. So, <laughs> um, and then uh, New Garden, I think he's going to get another W here. He's done it in the past a few times, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he seems to just not be slowing down this year to me. So he he's he's my my pick to click, uh, like and then uh, Grosjean. I hope he DNFs in the first lap. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see. <laughs> I I didn't I wasn't expecting you to say I hope. Oh no, yeah. I I, I was I was expecting you to say I think he will not finish. Not I, well, I, I think, hope he doesn't finish. I think and I hope because. <laughs> <laughs> after watching, after watching last year's uh, Alabama Barber, whatever you want to call it, um, I I just I mean I I already didn't like the guy, and uh-huh. it's just insult to injury. And <laughs> if you're an F one fan and you're just joining us for the first time, and you're like, wow, this guy really hates Grosjean. Grosjean was kind of a sweetheart in F one. Uh, I would encourage you to read up on Grosjean's experience and history in IndyCar because he has just turned into a total jerk. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully that works out for you. I hope so. (laughs) Well, so I think Alex Pillow wins this week. I think I picked him last week, actually. But um, I think he was quick last year. He's won here in the past also. Uh, So he's my pick to win this week. He's also due. He's been up at the top of the, the grid uh, most of the year so far. I mean, he's competitive at Texas and St. Pete. Um, and again, at Long Beach, I think you finished top five. So um, he's my pick to win. Uh, another kind of dark horse pick. I, I'm going to go with Felix, Felix Rosenquist to podium. Um, he had a decent week at Long Beach. He's in need of some solid results here. If he wants to have a ride next year, um, he's probably going to get bounced for Alex Pillow at McLaren. I would not be shocked because um, I doubt McLaren goes to four full-time cars, especially with Kyle Larson running the 500, taking up at least one car next year. So um, he needs a good another good finish. He needs to string together a bunch of good, good, uh, good performances. Um, so yeah, I'm expecting him to keep it keep it running after a top ten last week in Long Beach. Um, and then my other kind of dark horse pick, I think Stingray Rob gets a top 10 this week. I, I, you're going low. I'm going high, Tyler. I would love Stingray Rob to get a top 10. He needs a good good finish. He he had a solid 
uneventful week at Long Beach. I think he gets his first career IndyCar top 10 at Alabama this week. So Yeah, man. Yeah. Hoping, I hope he uh, does. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then another another team that I put them on watch last episode, putting them on, you know, continuing continuing that even though they had a good week, Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan. Um all three of them they need to continue to you know, show up and not be totally forgettable because it's uh, the series is better when Graham Ray Hall is competitive. Ray Hall's, mm-hmm. you know, one of those classic IndyCar names. So, um, yeah. And again, Jack Harvey, I hope he sticks around too. Cause he seems like a really cool guy. And well, maybe, uh, maybe he was a seat to Frankie Muniz, you know, um, <laughs> that would, that would be a hard pill to swallow. I think as a driver, if <laughs> you lost your seat to a 37 year old, child actor yes <laughs> yeah i think <laughs> to so malcolm yeah <laughs> but i no offense to uh frankie but he's got a he's climbing uphill so yeah uh yeah 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 so we'll see i mean i'm i'm looking forward to it this week um yeah it's all like i said it's always a good race so it is amazing to me how many people are competing for first because mm-hmm. you've got erickson sitting up top of the 110 Mm-hmm. Uh, Pato F95, Polo 91. Mm-hmm. Like all these guys, it seems very easy to jump into that mix uh, mm-hmm. for them. Uh, no one's running away with it at this point. So, yeah. Well, I, I think... mean, you look at Kyle Kirkwood, he was like 20th in points before last week, and now he's fifth. So, yeah, that quick. Like, whereas at this point in F1, the uh, season's over. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what have you, what do you make of that as a fan? Uh, of IndyCar, I think it, it's super exciting. It's a, what a sport should be. Um, consistency and results uh, over time, I think, should matter more than, uh, you know, I like I like that it's not uh, these huge point uh, awards, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be really competitive. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely a fan of, of how they're awarding points per, per track. I mean, what do you make of like just the competitiveness in general? Like, is that something at this point in the season that you think will just keep you around? Oh, hundred percent. Uh, like that's why I've really checked out of F one uh, at this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's IndyCar is just at least this year. It seems like you can watch, and whoever wins, there's going to be competition. Mm-hmm. Uh. Sometimes it's harder for me to bring myself back to that bigger picture. Yeah. Uh, because I'm so focused on the singular race and who's winning mm-hmm. uh, and what storylines are developing. But, it, you know, uh, painting the bigger picture and getting back to the bigger storylines of, hey, this guy, you know, let's say Scott Dixon, he's sitting at 72. Uh-huh. Maybe he can string together some wins or some podiums and he'll uh-huh. still be right back in it. It's not uh-huh. like he's lost a couple of races and it's completely done. um well you gotta watch out for scott dixon he's notoriously starts the season slow and then gets hot and then kind of closes out at the end of the year yeah he's won six titles i think so yeah is at this point yet i mean we've kind of talked about it here and there um but are are there any drivers that you're kind of feeling like are your the guys you're gonna root for oh that's hard um I'm not expecting you to have an answer yet, but I, I'm yeah, just curious. I think if... I'm leaning towards Erickson and Newgarden um, just because I really like their mentality and they're performing, mm-hmm. right? They're in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. If, I'm, if I'm looking at people who I'm excited for, like I would, I would personally love nothing more than for Stingray Rob to just like get like three wins a season somehow. <laughs> <laughs> um that would just be comical, but also like kind of awesome. That would uh, be great. I would love that. Yeah. That, uh, I would love that for Dale Coyne too. Yeah. Dale Coyne. You, you would like Dale Coyne. We'll, we'll get into Dale Coyne racing another time, but uh, Walter Payton at one point was actually a part-time owner, <laughs> but you got yeah. a Bears connection. That's pretty yeah. cool. Well, yeah, it's, we talked about this before, but their shop is in Plainfield. Yeah, we down off fifty five, um, Plainfield in suburban Illinois. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super, super weird. I don't know right if he's from the there. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like totally random, but I don't, yeah, I don't know if Dale Coin is from Chicago or if it's strictly because the Walter Payton connection was like back. Yeah, uh, for sure. Back in the day, Walter yeah. Payton died. In well, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three decades ago or whatever, but, um, yeah, so no, no one I'm really rooting for. I, I'm not rooting for Grosjean, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I like to pick my rookies. I like to pick my senior guys, and then mm-hmm. someone who's kind of performing at the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, Pagano, I still like him. He just sucks. Well, um, I, I didn't want to say this before, but he's behind both Renus and Connor Daly. Well, I guess yeah. technically he's tied. Yeah, look but... at that. Um. Yeah. So. I would say Stingray is my uh, he's my rookie, and then um, probably probably a little bit more Erickson over Newgarden. So. Yeah, I like Marcus Erickson too, not just because he won me ninety five bucks at the five hundred last year, because that's like the one bet I've ever made, <laughs> <laughs> and it and it won. So I've got a soft spot for him. Nice. Um. Yeah, well, that's interesting that you're gravitating towards those guys. I mean, I like, like I said before, I I like New Garden just because he's kind of Sarah Fisher and Ed Carpenter connection. I've always kind of had a soft spot for both of them, but um, yeah, that's interesting. Cool. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you wanted to, to catch up on? I know it's been a couple of weeks, so uh, nothing in particular. You know, I I, I don't think there's anything insane. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. Just be nice to people, man. Don't shoot. Uh, yeah. Don't shoot Cal Milot any messages. He's just a kid. He's just a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel bad for him, but yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to end it. Um, <laughs> don't don't send death threats to people online, whether they're drivers or podcast hosts. Please don't yeah. send us. Not that anyone has, but just going to get out in front of it. <laughs> Yeah, but if you want to send us something nice, you know, yes. feel free to send us an email at 16streetpod at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at 16streetpod. Both of those start with one six, the numerals. And then, uh, yeah, this is uh, the 16th Street Scanner. Please uh, feel free to review and subscribe wherever you're listening. And shout out to Penny Wishes for providing the intro and outro music. Cool. That's all we got. Adios. Who's gonna win it?